that there is one way into heaven. His name is Jesus Christ. This is an urgent plea with your spirit, man. I'm not just talking to your minds. I'm talking to your spirit, to your heart, that you might be awoken from the death of this generation, that you might be shaken out of the depths of darkness and into the glorious light of the kingdom of God. You know, I'm very friendly, really. I just have strong, strong convictions. The Profile. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. Hello and welcome to The Profile here on Premier Christian Radio. I'm Sam Hales, editor of Premier Christianity magazine. That's the UK's leading Christian magazine and it sponsors this show and makes it all possible. And here on The Profile, we like to talk to a different Christian every week and hear something of their personal story, their testimony and what they're involved in. And I'm really pleased to say that my guest on the show this week is Joshua Sutcliffe. Joshua, welcome to The Profile. Thank you so much for having me, Sam. I really wanted to have you on because as a magazine, we've reported on a couple of cases that you've been in over the years, and we're going to dive into those. They often relate to subjects such as uh, religious freedom, um, also sometimes sexuality, other religions. So lots of big topics to get into as we go. But before we do, why don't you take me right back to the beginning and tell me a little bit about what your life was like growing up and where Christian faith came in, first came into the picture for you? Uh, well, very blessed to have a dad who's a minister. Um, and in my early years, um, I went to a Christian school in Canada. Um, and my dad ran a church and a, and a Bible camp in Canada. And we moved to the UK when I was nine. Um, and I, I, it was a bit of a shock, actually, for me, because, um, you know, I knew the Bible so well at that early age and um, had really been brought up in the faith. And uh, I, I didn't um, if I find that, you know, people that I was then communing, you know, talking with knew, knew the same things that I knew. And, and so really from an early stage, I, I was able to share the gospel with peers and then all the way through school, um, I was doing that. Um, and, you know, was quite fervent in, the, in, in sharing uh, the gospel of our, of our precious Lord and uh, Savior Jesus Christ. And, and, you know, I did have a time um, when I was uh, sort of 16 post-baptism um, where I had a real tough time, uh, really indulged in, in, in the world, you might say, and had a real uh, front row seat of, of uh, those things. And, um, you know, by the time I hit 23, I, I was f- uh, fully aware that um, I was broken and... <laughs> And so I came back uh, uh, to God with a humble heart and repented and, and, and uh, sort of rededicated, you might say, my life to God and, um, you know, a life of godliness and faith and really started to take up the Bible and read and memorize the scriptures and really, you know, on a daily basis was going to prayer meetings and all the rest of it. Um, and, and that was in Oxford. Tell me a bit, a bit more about what happened between 16 and 23. You mentioned that you were into things of the world what, what do you mean by that and, and also how did your family respond to that time came from a Christian family I imagine it might have been difficult for them to see you perhaps going a path that they didn't um, didn't agree with or found difficult so tell me a bit more about what happened yeah I became disconnected because a lot of our relationship was based on our faith and um, and sharing in those things and and 
so for a time um not not estranged because they still would uh, look after me and things but um didn't relate necessarily in the same way because they didn't know me in, in a sense you know they they brought up a christian me to be up a, uh, me to be a, brought me up to be a christian man and and uh so I, my mum reflected like you know i would pray for you you'll be a man of valor and um and so obviously she was thrilled when that came to fruition um you know um so so in terms of things i did i mean you name it really sam uh, uh, you know pornography and uh, sex outside of marriage and uh you know all the things you know drinking and drugs and 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 you know all those things i was involved in and uh found them to be um uh perishing you might say and 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 really uh, became quite lost quite quickly. And what um, was it that brought you back? Um, I think just the realization that, um, you know, these things aren't worth living for. And, um, you know, you might attain something in that life and, and, and feel like you've accomplished something, but you realize that actually it does fade and it's not really uh, worth living for and and obviously the the kingdom of god is is eternal and and you know that that joy and peace it it doesn't end and uh um so yeah so so um very pleased to be now living for god and glad that he he, he had mercy on me tell me a bit more about your chosen career path understand uh, teacher maths teacher in particular um, tell me a bit about how you ended up going that road in terms of, I imagine, education or study. Um, have you always had an interest in maths? I'm absolutely awful at maths. Maybe you give me a lesson. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, how did that come about? Um, yeah, it, it, uh, well, I was good at maths. Um, you know, I, I, I still um, could teach you, Sam, but um, I'm, sure, I'm sure you've got better things <laughs> uh, to be doing. Um, just kind of took up that career path. They, they, um, I had a maths degree and I think the appeal of, of helping people and, and being involved with people's lives was was there. And, and so um, I took up a career in, in teaching. And, and it was around the time that I, I started being in the school that I, I, I kind of gave up with the worldly things. And um, so I, I started off just by setting up a Christian union in my first school. And um, uh, before long, I had lots of uh, attendees and was able to give out lots of Bibles and uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed that almost more than the maths, you know, um, sharing the faith. And, and and so that became quite a prominent part of my week. Um, I would hold several uh, a week and, and that continued really into, um, you know, the incident uh, where it was first in the press that, that, you know, that was a big factor in, in, in um, the school's uh, response towards me. Um, you know the fact that I would set up, I'd set up the Christian Union and the Bible Club and things, and that they were quite popular and that the young people had a real interest in in the things of God and the eternal things. So this was uh, in 2017 when you first hit the headlines, and the way the story was reported at the time was that a teacher yourself had misgendered a pupil, and you'd said "Well done, girls" to a group of pupils, and one of those pupils identified as being a boy. And so this then became a row. And uh, as you say, you, you ended up on the, I think, the This Morning sofa. There was an awful lot of media attention about all of this. So you're saying there was a context to this. You're saying that, that even before that, 
what you were concerned that the school didn't like the fact that you were running a Christian union? Is, is that what you're saying? Well, in, in one of the Christian unions, uh, unions I'd shared with, with a, a student that marriage um, is between a man and a woman. And that wasn't off my own back. That was because one of the students had asked uh, the Christian position. And so I, I was pretty you know, clear, um, you know, um, that that's, you know, the Christian position and, and, and that it's a good and honorable and, and, and lovely thing. And they actually um, reported me to the school. And as you say, this kind of is a bit of the context. Uh, uh, you know, obviously the, the issue was um, quite a prominent issue at the time, you know, can we self-select gender? And obviously the discussion has been going on uh, since, um, you know, with all sorts of um, people getting involved. And, and obviously I still hold that position that um, we're born men and we're born women and, and that's a wonderful thing. And, um, you know, I'm always happy to be nice to, to people and to students, but uh, I certainly wasn't going to conform to their ideological position. Yes. Um, and, and for you, was, was conforming to the ideological position, would that have involved calling this pupil by the, uh, the pronoun um, the, of their choice? So in, in other words, would you as a Christian have a problem calling someone she if they were born a he i would yeah because it goes against god's creation and and you know as 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 i've tried to allude to um you know more than happy to converse with with people who have um any issue or or any problem but uh you know where i have to stop is say no i can't um go I can't be part of the sin you know I have there has to be a point where I say no um this is my position and I I won't be budged because you know ultimately I I I submit to God so I really did try and find a healthy balance um and try and accommodate every student um as best I could and you know recognizing that you know everyone falls short of the glory of God including myself um but, you know, um, so I wasn't going to be budged off this position. And, and as, we, as you say, that was the thing uh, that got me on the good morning so yeah. far. Yeah. So, so was, that, was that the nub of the issue? The nub of the issue was that you didn't want to call someone a he if they were a she and vice, vice versa. Because I, I guess some people would say, well, you know, I'm a Christian. I might hold similar views to you on, on trans issues. But, you know, if I know someone who prefers to be called a he or a she, then out of respect and love for that person, I'm willing to use their preferred pronoun, even if, you know, I don't agree with their decision or their lifestyle. It's a, it's a respect thing. Would you not, would you not agree with that? Yeah, I hear, I hear what you're saying. I think the loving thing to do um, is to, is to tell the truth, I, I, you know, and, and not to go along with people's um, fantasy, you know? Um, so I suppose, I suppose, um, you know, if people have that position and they have a conscience on that issue, then, you know, I'm not going to, you know, it's not the, it's not the focus of our thinking. You know, we understand that there's um, unrighteousness and righteousness and we attain righteousness through faith. And, you know, that's obviously the crux of where we want to be sharing. But um, I think for me personally, my conviction was I wasn't going to be conforming on that issue. And, and so um, I, I kind of took a stand and, um, You'll know that Christian concern uh, were were very valiant in my corner. So ultimately, you and the school came to to loggerheads really over this. And in the end, you no longer work for that school. So 
reflecting back on that, what, what are your thoughts in terms of the school's position in saying what this became just such a big issue for them that they couldn't have a teacher who took this view on trans issues? Is, is that what you feel like this case boils down to? Now that you've had a few years, I guess, of hindsight and time to reflect on it, or how would you sum up why the school and you came to that point and why you couldn't find a way through? Yeah, shame that it didn't work out. I think uh, I don't hold anything against them. And, um, you know, God's had a plan for me. Uh, 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 and, you know, I don't try, I don't really uh, reflect too much on on how we can, I, I suppose really the shame is that, that um, you know, when there wasn't, we weren't able to say, okay, your position is different. Yeah. And that's okay. And I think that's something that society at large struggles to do, doesn't it? Um, the secularist and the, you know, all the rest of the different groups that there are around. You know. Yeah, absolutely. It's a shame when we can't live with with difference and and different views in society. Nevertheless, though, you, when all this was happening, am I right in thinking you you did decide to to take this to legal action? You know, you took you took the school to court over this. So you clearly felt pretty strongly on it. Uh, yeah, I did. I just because uh, because I feel um, that um, you know people are often bullied into conforming, and um, you know the Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion, and and you know we we are the ones who are in the victory, and so um, you know I I, I did uh, stand strong on that one. You know I don't want to go um, into too much detail into the you know the case details and and, and what have you. Um, just because, um, you know, you settled out of court, didn't you? Um, yeah, we, we, I think the, the line is we came to an amicable, amicable resolution. Um, so I was pleased with, with the outcome, you know. Yeah. At the same time, you mentioned you attracted a huge amount of uh, media attention. Just talk me through that. So this incident that happened with the school, were you thinking, I think people outside of my family and friends would be interested in this. Were you thinking, I, th- I think there's a story here or, or were other people saying, Hey, we can get you media opportunities and you can go on ITV and, and tell your side of the story. How did, how did the media component of this come about? Yeah, it was all through Christian concern. Um, and it all happened quite quickly as you can imagine. Um, but I, I, um, I felt like I'd been prepared having spent sort of three years in the prayer room and out on the streets preaching. And, um, you know, people had said to me in the church that, you know, they saw me uh, standing for God in different situations. So I, I did feel like I was prepared. And, you know, obviously I've reflected on the interviews and I thought, oh, I could have said this and that. And, um, but ultimately, I, I do think that I, it was clear to the general public um, what had happened and um so yeah i mean i was just pleased um and then obviously i got hired by another school catholic school and you know all was well for a while and um yeah and then i decided to make a youtube channel um just basically sharing um my position or the biblical position on um you know sexual ethics marriage abortion you know, pornography and Islam and, you know, all these different areas and, you know, doing Bible studies as well. And, and basically one of the parents took issue um, with one of the videos where I stated that uh, Muhammad was a false prophet. And so that um, was something that was complained about at the school. And um, unfortunately, I had to uh, leave that post as well because of the pressure. 
um, that was put on me from the school. So, um, so yeah, kind of a couple of cases where, um, you know, I've, I've, I've held the Christian orthodoxy and um, it's not really been taken too well. I think the issue really is, it isn't so much the schools, more the parents that, you know, have, have held opposing views. And then the school doesn't really know how to respond to that, you know. So in, in your view, I suppose the school should be able to say to the parents that Joshua is a great teacher and outside of his time in school, he does other things and that's not really related to what he does in the school and he's allowed to hold his views. I suppose that's the position you would hope your employer would take. Yeah, summarised excellently, Sam. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's exactly what I'd hope that the employer uh, would do. But um Unfortunately, that's, that didn't happen. And was there any kind of um, discussion between you and the school about how this could be put right? I mean, I don't know exactly what the middle ground would look like, but did they come to you and say, look, Josh, could you consider removing that video from YouTube perhaps? Or could you have a conversation with the parent? Was, did, did the school try and sort of get involved and, and figure this one out? Uh, they were um, just quite aggressive um, they suspended me for a week and, um, you know, uh, yeah, just quite aggressive. And I think because it had happened before, I, I just was quite quick to say, okay, I'll, I'll find something else to do. You know, I, I, I didn't really um, have it in me to go full, full hog again. You know, I, maybe I should have, um, but uh, yeah. It must've taken quite a, emotional toll on you in some ways like you say it must have felt like history repeating itself and while we can talk about or isn't that interesting you got media coverage at the end of the day there's a real person behind the tv screen and you're in a position of losing your livelihoods for the the second time in a row did that take a a toll emotionally yeah it did yeah it did It, it you know i think um just the realization that I won't be in the classroom from the rest of my career, you know, I, um, was, you know, something that, um, you know, I still think about to this day and, uh, um, you know, it's a shame, but I, 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 I've got the YouTube channel going on and it's not quite the same dynamic because obviously in a classroom, you, you get the responses firsthand and you're able to uh, interact with people and, um, you know, you get that in part on the streets as you share their faith. But, you know, um, ultimately, I think because my, my peace is in Christ and my, my, self, my foundation is the rock, uh, you know, that is the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, you know, I, 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 I'm, I remind myself of that and um, I press on, really. Did you at any point feel angry? Are those feelings that you've had to work through in whether it's angry at the school or just schools, plural, or angry at the situation that, that, as you say, you felt like you're in a position now where you can't do the job that you loved teaching maths. You feel like because of these incidents, you, you can't, you can't see that career, that calling, I suppose, to work in education feel, feels like it's been put in jeopardy. Did you have to process and work through feelings of anger about the situation you felt you'd been put in? Yeah, definitely. I think naturally one is angry towards, um, people who dis- disagree and, 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 but I think really my heart is, um, you know, that, that people would be saved first and foremost from, um, you know, unrighteousness and, and, and from hell ultimately. And, 
And so I kind of, I just try and set, I try and set my, my, my emotions according to the word. And, um, you know, I, I try not to hold anger um, or anything like that. I think um, what, 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 you know, looking at the wider point, Sam, of, of the church sort of speaking about these things. I think, you know, if every church goer <laughs> in the NHS and in the schools and in the, you know, in, um, you know, just general workplaces and, you know, the accounting office and wherever, was able to just share the Christian position on, on sexual ethics and, and even the orthodoxy, you know, when comparing Christianity to Islam and uh, other uh, belief systems. And I think if, if, if the church, I, probably my gaze focuses more towards, oh, come on, brother and sister, let's stand together. And I think if we, if we did that more, we'd find that people, um, that, that society would be more familiar with you know, um, so probably um, my anger—not maybe anger—is a bit strong, but my my thoughts go towards that rather than um, society at large. You know. Yeah. So you feel like if uh, if it was more common for Christians to talk about some of these more difficult or sensitive issues, then it might create an easier cultural climate for people like yourself to to hold the jobs that you did, I suppose, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. So why do you um, think Christians do, in your opinion, avoid some of the difficult issues? Is it, is it just fear? Uh, I think maybe partly. I think probably, um, yeah, fear of man, maybe. Um, I think, you know, it does come from practice. You don't, you don't um, start with, you know, the bold street preaching, you start with sharing with a close family friend or something like that. And, you know, so I just encourage your listeners to just, you know, just start taking those small steps, you know, um, and, and, you know, it will, it will, you're right, it will build up, but um, I don't know what I'm saying here, Sam, sorry. Um, it's all right. Yeah, um, no, I understand. I understand what you're saying. The, the style of, um, street preaching that you now do as you say is is very bold it's quite loud um if if i may say so joshua you you come across uh very quite gentle and quiet in a lovely way in conversation but when i've seen you on on youtube it's quite different there's a megaphone it is more <laughs> i mean you you do shout uh, it's a very different style of communication to the the style of communication you and i are enjoying right now perhaps reveals a slightly different side of your personality is that is that fair to say? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I, I am just very simple and gentle and, and you know, I, I don't, um, you know, I just, I think in that um, environment, you kind of want people to, to turn and, and you, you, you just, you know, you long for them to, to just receive some of the truths that you're speaking. And, and so obviously that manifests in the shouting and the megaphone and bits and bobs. But You say it's um, an eagerness for, for people to, to repent, to become Christians. It, it, you say it's an eagerness out, out of love, but do you not think the style of that kind of communication to the average person, it doesn't come across in a loving way if there's someone with a megaphone shouting. Do you, do you not think it's, 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 rare, it's rare for street preaching in that sense to be received in a good way, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, interesting um, position, thought there, Sam. I think... Um, really, the the reason for 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 me to do what I'm doing is to draw attention 
um, and hopefully um, people can 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 stand and listen to uh, the words and and um, pick up a Bible and um, you know it's I, I, it's different I, I, you know because obviously in a classroom and you've got ten students that want to read through John one that's a different dynamic isn't it and. You know, we, I suppose uh, my mind goes to the, to the word where it says, you know, shout from the rooftops and, you know, um, proclaim the praises of God. And, and in a sense, that takes a bit of declaration and, and singing maybe in the public space. And, you know, um, I suppose there are those verses, aren't there, about making loud noises. I think I'm right in saying, though, they're, they're often in the context of, of worship, you know, singing. I, I guess street preaching for me at least falls more under the category of, of evangelism. When I think of, think of the biblical texts about that, I, I think of how we're instructed to share the hope within us with gentleness and respect. And I, I suppose that's my point is, do you not think that in a street with a megaphone, does it come across as gentleness and respect? That would be, that would be a side of the argument that some Christians would say to you would say, is this gentle and respectful? That style of communication that, that you you clearly feel cool to engage with, but but how would you respond to someone who's who queries whether this is gentle or respectful? Um, yeah, it's an interesting line of thought, Sam. I've not thought much about it. I, I uh, you know, my instant my my instant thoughts are, um, you know, I do feel like the public proclamation um, is an important uh, part of the body of Christ and. Um, you know, and I do try and I do try and be gentle. In part, obviously, you are on a megaphone, but you know, I try I try to make it engaging. These days, you can't get a lot for your pound. You could get a pack of balloons, a DIY face mask, or some plasters. Ouch! Or one pound could get you great reporting, brilliant interviews, and loads of Christian news articles. All in Premier Christianity. In print, online and on the app. For just £1 a month in the Summer Sale Limited Offer. Get yours at premierchristianity.com. We, we should talk, of course, about the, um, the I think, the final case um, that you've, you've found yourself in. And it is to do with the, with the street preaching that you've been engaging in more recently. So do you want to tell me a little bit about what happened? It was, I believe it was last Easter when you were street preaching and... Um, had an had an encounter with the police didn't you do you want to just explain what happened yeah at that time I had several encounters with the police that week um I was outside St Thomas Hospital which is uh, right right next to Westminster you know um uh Big Ben and the op- opposite the river there and um there was quite a lot of police outside the hospital at the time because uh, I don't know if you remember Boris Johnson was in hospital and right, yeah. yeah and all the world press was outside this hospital and so I had a friend who's a street preacher who suggested, let's go and preach to them. So we did. And, and we had conversations with the police that day. And, and uh, our position was, um, you know, we're, we're evangelists. You know, um, we've been commissioned by our respective churches. Um, and just like you, officer, we're here working, you know. And um, that line uh, was taken quite well by the police officers and, you know, maybe a bit shocked by um, the fact that we were doing what we were doing, but um, they recognised at least that we were within our rights. And then um, it, just a couple of days later on the Good Friday, 
I was um, going through Camden, quite renowned for sort of partying and all sorts of things around there. And, um, you know, we were walking through sharing the gospel, um, you know, that you can be saved through faith in the Lord Jesus. And um, we had a couple of officers stop at us and they basically didn't take the, the line, um, you know, that we were working seriously, uh, administered fines. Just to clarify, so is the, are the fines being issued on the basis that they were thinking you were breaking lockdown? Was, was that the issue more than anything else? It was because at the time you were only allowed to exercise. Um, right. Yes. I remember yeah. it well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my, my, my friend, actually, that was his main line of, of argument was I'm exercising whilst preaching. So uh, but my position was very clear to them. I said, look, officers, I'm, I'm an evangelist and I'm out here. Uh, anyways, they administered fines and um, I was able to challenge it in the magistrate's courts. Uh, with the help of Christian Concern, uh, well, mostly because of the excellent work of Christian Concern. And, um, you know, they do a really good job there. And um, uh, they um, provided a lawyer for me who's um, skilled in these um, in, in that area of law. And they um, found me not guilty. And um, they, I didn't get the fine. So I was really thrilled with the outcome. And any compensation or anything like that? Or do they just clear the fine? Uh, they said they'd try, uh, cover expenses, but I said, uh, don't worry uh, about it. But I think with all cases, uh, the lawyer's fees of the winning side is paid. So. Sure. Yeah. So so what was the basis of, of the defence? Was it that you were working or was it more a kind of religious freedom grounds that, that even if you weren't working, people should be free to, to preach on, on religious freedom? Both. Yeah, they, they reference, um, I think it's Article 9 and Article 10. Uh, the freedom of religion and um, and also uh, that I was um, an evangelist, you know, um, out with, from my church, Christ Revelation, um, and that I was I was well within my rights to volunteer and to work on. Um, and actually, on that day, it was reported on in the press, and it was completely true. I was outside one of these supermarket queues, uh, sharing with the group there, and. You know, you, you mentioned earlier about the shouting. You kind of lower your tone and try and engage with the queue. And um, and and there was a homeless man that at the door of the you know of the of the of the Sainsburys, and um, he said, "Oh, um, he liked my shoes, uh, and he didn't have any on." And so I said to the line, "Well, I wouldn't be a preacher if I didn't give up my you know, you know, it's nothing compared to." the riches in, in, in founding Christ. And, and so, um, I, you know, I shared that in the court and, and I think for the court, it was good for them to see that there are things that you can't do online. And, um, so it was a good example of, of that. And, uh, so I think that along with the good arguments from the lawyer, um, yeah. yeah. So just take a step back for, for a moment then we've got, uh, three cases, three times you've been in the media, in the press, first for the, the transgender row, then for the, the row over the Prophet Muhammad, and then also the, the police, although, as you say, you won your case, there was initially the police taking issue with you with you street preaching. Someone who, who looks at this, and you're a young man, might say, is Joshua just really unlucky here? Or... Is there another explanation? Why is it that, that Joshua is, is often, it seems, 
in the press for, for saying things that seem to land him in trouble? Well, I think from my, from my youth, um, I've been sharing the faith and, and I think uh, that foundation is there that I, I, you know, first and foremost, we live for God. And, and I suppose, um, you know, all the normal fears, I'm not saying I'm better than anyone, by the way, I'm just saying that I think that, that, that kind of, that kind of fear that comes about just sharing and telling and, and talking about it is, is not as prominent. And so I just kind of, I think I just have that as my number one uh, thing in my life. And, and I'm not saying other people don't, I'm just saying that like, just to try and give you a perspective that, I, you know, first and foremost, I want people to know about the righteousness of God found in Christ. And, and so, um, you know, I've, I've just been sharing uh, that and I, I try and, stay focused on that and, and, and the things that result in that, you know, so be it. Um, yeah. You, you, know. you say you want to share the, the righteousness of God as found in Christ. That's a nice, neat little definition of the gospel that I'm sure a lot of people would be with you completely on. But some would also say, well, yeah, if you want to share the righteousness of God as found in Christ, you don't need to stand on the street and talk about how Muhammad was a false prophet. Mm-hmm. You don't need to talk about transgender or abortion you can just talk about the righteousness of God as found in Christ. Why do you even need the, why do you feel the need to go there is what some might say. Yeah. Interesting. I think what is righteousness, Sam, you know, well, it is, you know, right thinking and right living. Well, what's right thinking, right living. And, you know, you carry on down that road and um, these things come to a head. You know, I've been thinking recently, uh, you know, to what level do we talk about, um, some of these things, you know, in the, in the public domain. And I think, you know, for different people, it might be different focuses. Some might find that life is from conception and others, you know, don't want pornography to be so prominent in our society. Um, you know, I do think that the church needs to be really equipped on a lot of these issues. I think first and foremost, um, you know, we remember Paul's letter to the Romans and, and, and that is to the, the church, isn't it? Where he talks about um, you know, the different things that are manifest as not for not glorifying God. And from that initial, um, you know, who God is, his creator, his, his son, Jesus Christ, you know, and then you keep on going. And, and eventually when you receive um, and you repent and then, you know, it's kind of you start to get into the issues of righteousness and so on. You know. I, I hear what you're saying. There comes a point in our explanation of our faith where you're right you will hit some of these more culturally tricky issues let's say i guess what i'm saying is but do you need to start in that place do you need to start with here are you know some of the most controversial areas of christian theology and that's that's where i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna lead with it's it's a question of of approach i suppose yeah i would agree i don't think um i think some people will hear that as the leading thing um but I, I mean, if you look at my website, I, I mean, it, it doesn't have many viewers, but I, the opening page is the full. <laughs> God is creator. Jesus is our salvation. Yes. But yeah. So I, I think I agree. Yeah. Yeah. But you're still quite prominent with the more difficult issues because actually at the top of the website, it says abominations and under abominations, you've listed pornography and, <laughs> yeah. you know, so uh, and abortion and Islam and other things. So mm. you're not exactly, uh, is, are you not to a certain extent leading with the difficult issues, even in the way you set up your, your site? 
Yeah, you're right. It's right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess another way of, of thinking about this is is with the street preaching, is you know, tell tell me some stories. Tell me stories of, of how of how people have come to know God through this. My favourite one is um, of a homeless guy in Oxford. Um, one of the first times we were out, he kind of spotted what we were doing, and um, you know drugged up and all the rest of it and we got we actually pointed him to uh the church uh homeless shelter invited him to the prayer meetings and um you know it was it wasn't uh, just before the lockdown we, we you know he, he um i saw him at a christian festival and he started memorizing the bible and he'd been baptized and he'd gone along to the and you know that's one story uh, um but i i, I think there's there are times when that's happened and I've seen it, but other times I know that people will have heard and received and you know gone on their own journey from there, and I won't know anything about it. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the Australian preacher. The, 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 have you heard of the guy in Sydney who he he was faithful he was faithfully outside the train station for years and years, and um, he didn't see any testimonies as you've asked for and. Um, you know, someone went into the local church and, and um, said, so how did you come to faith? And about half of them said, oh, well, there was a street preacher. Um, you know, so there are, there, I think there will be things that have happened that I just can't know of and see. But, um, you know, I do pray really that it, 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 it's not about the issues. It's, it's, you know, in part, we want people to be convicted of their unrighteousness and, and to see the difference of the way we're living. But Ultimately, we want them to know the treasure um, of, of Christ and his sacrifice and his resurrection. Yeah. You know. I'd, I'd love to talk a bit about church and what church looks like for you. You mentioned uh, your dad was a pastor of a church in Canada. So I'm, I'm assuming, you know, being part of a local church is, is something that you were brought up to believe is important. So, so tell me a bit about what church looks like for you at the moment. Yeah, I go to a uh, local church just in, in where I'm living. I'm uh, just quite small, but um, uh, is it Evan Church of England or uh, Evangelical and I Alliance? Right, uh, FIEC is it? Yeah, Fellowship yeah. of Independent Evangelical Churches. Yeah, so in, yeah. so Independent Evangelical. Um, I, I had a feeling you wouldn't you, you wouldn't be a part of one of the more I don't know what the right word is. Mainstream uh, denominations. I've, I've noticed in some of your some of your preaching, you've you've had some fairly um, yeah. fairly strong words for the more um, established, let's say, um, traditions of of the church. Um, so, do you want to just explain a bit? Because you, you mentioned before, you feel like one of your messages is is for Christians to to stand up. So, just tell me a little bit about how that's led you to, I guess, to, to criticize certain denominations or, or parts of the UK church, and and why, I suppose. Well, I, I think the Methodists, it was very sad to see them vote on, on the marriage, um, you know, going away from, from that position. Um, no doubt there are God-fearing Methodists in the land, but, um, you know, the, the Church of England, I've, I've talked with some of the higher echelons and they, they, they kind of, you know, assert that some of their faith is, is based on tradition and, and, and um you know, we have to be so careful because um, you start building on the pillars of man and and things will crumble, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I have no doubt there are God-fearing people within all elements of the church. And, and 
uh, I think just for, you know, ultimately, I think God will God knows the hearts, and doesn't He say like the, the wheat grows amongst the weeds, sort of thing? You know that. Um, so, um, I'm sorry, I don't know if that's answered it. I don't want to necessarily uh, point out um, a particular like group of whole. You know, uh, yeah. as I say, there I'm sure there are God fearing. But, but I am right in thinking you you did at one point stand outside St Paul's Cathedral and you mm. did basically shout turn away from the things of the world church of england repent church of england turn away from apologizing that marriage is not between a man and a woman where how far have you strayed church of england how far have you strayed you're supposed to be the light of the nation you're supposed to bring people into reconciliation with the righteous king of glory and yet you fall short and yet you fall short on every occasion repent church of england turn to the righteous one and you mm. did basically shout uh, at the church saying the church thing <laughs> and got it wrong. I mean, that's that's quite a it's quite re- re- strong, isn't it? I think it is strong. I, but you seem I, reluctant. You seem reluctant now to criticise the church. But you have done yeah. that in your preaching, haven't you? I think I was so upset with the Church of England's response um, to the pandemic. I felt like they were just an arm of um, the government, and I just think, oh come on, where? where is your allegiance you know and it just it hits me because i think they'd rather say yes to boris johnson than to the lord jesus christ uh, in, in what way can you give me an just give an example of of how you felt like the church had become an arm of the government exactly well we're supposed to as part of our we're supposed to meet together aren't we mm-hmm. you know throughout history the christians if the government says you're not meeting i've said no we're the church and they've gone underground um but but that didn't happen did it in a lot of cases well i think what Um, happened was churches for the most part moved online and i think a lot of churches said yeah it's a shame we can't meet physically but there's a good reason which is there's a deadly virus going around so so we will meet online for a period of weeks or months and then we'll return to physical gatherings yeah, I know. It's similar. It's not quite the same, though, as it sounds. You know, the, the the communion, the singing together, the the you know the laughs. You know, the conversations don't work out quite the same. And so, you felt that the Church of England should have just carried on having physical meetings throughout the pandemic. Mm. And you I, don't I think, you don't think I that think, would have put people's lives at risk in any way? I, <laughs> I think the church at large um, should have. Um, uh, uh, fought back a bit. I thought it was it was much too easily. You know, obviously, I'm not in a position where I had to make those decisions and and you know m- views on on the coercion. I, what I feel is the coercion of the government to do certain things. You know, in in the last couple of years, you know, m- might not necessarily be important at this juncture. But I think um, I was hoping for a bit more. You know from the church saying well there was pockets of the church wasn't there that said okay you know there it is serious we'll take precautions but we're not going to not meet yes and uh, and so it's been very interesting to to watch it develop as you say there's been court cases on this one hasn't there um in scotland um, and even internationally different governments and different churches have, have taken different views on what's been appropriate at any given time but that's interesting you you feel that the the churches should have just remained open throughout do you not think that 
if the Church of England had opened every single congregation throughout the whole pandemic? Do you not think that would have risked um, loss of life? I think if people were vulnerable, they could have stayed at home. Um, but um, there were, you know, and you could have streamed from from the pulpit. But mm. there would be some people um, who would come, and they could, like I say, take precautions and stand apart, and um, you know, and and sanitize and things like that. But yeah. to not to not meet, I thought I didn't agree with that decision. Yeah. yeah just as we begin to wrap up i'd love to hear about where you're at right now what does your your day job look like are you i understand you're not you're not teaching anymore so what does the sort of average week look like for you at the moment um yeah i run a company private um and um i basically just doing what i do best but privately private tuition maths and english yeah and i've got a comp i've got there's 10 of us okay so you've been able to carry on doing your, your passion because you mentioned earlier yeah. in this interview that you were worried what you'd been through would mean that you, you couldn't teach in a school anymore but I suppose through this you're at least still able to teach even if it's not in a, a school building as such yeah um I am still teaching and you know uh the, all all parents have been thrilled I get five star ratings um regularly you know <laughs> so um you know and, and it's nice actually having that separateness where I can kind of share and do that, but also um, be appreciated for doing the job well. And, and, and um, yeah, it's, that's it. What, what do you think it would take, if anything, for you to feel comfortable applying and taking your job in a school again? Do you, do you think that's something that might happen in the future? Mm, I doubt it. I, I, I've got a, just because of... Um, I, I've, I've kind of got a public profile and, and schools wouldn't want to take the risk. <laughs> um, you know, I'm very friendly, really. I just have strong, strong convictions. But, they, you know, um, I'm doing an accounting course as well, Sam, um, you know, to help with all the company accounts and, and also, um, also, you know, just in case that work, you know, you can do all sorts of things with that. And I've got the math skill there, so yeah um, yeah so 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 doing just fine actually in terms of those things it it's it's one of the one of the sad things about our age isn't it that google never forgets and mm. so i guess even is that is that the concern that you could apply for a job in a school but the moment they put your name into a search engine that school might make certain um might the people involved in that school might have certain views about you whether fair or not but just based on what's happened in the past, almost that, almost that because of the internet age, you can never completely escape what's happened before. Yeah. That, I mean, that's certainly happened. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I've kind of made my peace with it. I don't, I, 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 I actually applied for a few schools and, and just realized um, this is something I need to shut down. I mean, it may be in a Christian school one day, but often Christian Christian schools, they, they already have quite good teaching and, and, I quite enjoy the, the kind of the the ones that are lost and and kind of bringing them on that journey and it wouldn't happen necessarily in the same way in that context but um, you know I, I, as I say things are going just fine I've got ten tutors on the books and I get them work and and uh, I have lots of work myself and um, yeah so things things are going well yeah I don't um, necessarily share that 
with the wider world, just uh, so not to, for them to jeopardize um, too much what I'm up to um, in that realm. But And is that because, um, I mean, one of my questions I meant to ask was have what you've been through because it has been public and because there has been media and social media, one imagines that, that might have resulted in you receiving some not so nice messages. And I wanted to ask you, have you had that kind of not just criticism, but abuse? And also how have you dealt with that? Because I, I ask a lot of people this, I think anyone with any level of public profile at some point has to go through some pretty horrible criticism. And it's always interesting to ask a Christian, how have you coped with that or dealt with that? And, and what's that been like to go through? Um. Yeah, I have had all sorts of things said to me online and, and you know, even as, you know, go go die in a pit kind of stuff, you know. Um, and, um, you know, ultimately, I just think um, if it's all well and good being behind a computer screen and, you know, I think what a lesson I learned when I was younger, um, you know, because when I was about 13, I would share with, I went to an all boys school and I used to share with the people in the school, like quite often, you know, all the precious knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ turned to him and, you know, all this, and you can imagine in an all boys school in England. And um, I got bullied actually. And um, people, you know, people with a couple of fights and one time someone poured curry on my head and, you know, they weren't very nice. And um, I, my mum my actually said, you know what, um, ultimately, if you're living, you know, if you're living for Christ, you can expect all sorts of things, you know, you, um, but we live for him. And, um, you know, because you, you, remind, you know, remember, Jesus went to death, didn't he? And... Um, so, so I just kind of count count it all as uh, part of of our of the race, and and you know, doesn't it say blessed are those who are persecuted? You know, in 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 the beatitudes. So yeah, it also says count it all as joy when you face uh, you know trials and suffering and persecution, which I think is a verse I I've certainly yet to completely figure out how to put that one into practice. But maybe that's a lifelong. Um, lifelong thing to try and do that it's not easy is it not easy I, I, when i first the first time i was um street preaching um someone spat at us and my friend he was had been a bit more experienced than me he said wow what an honor <laughs> and i just thought as yeah that's you know kind of brought it to life that mm. verse yeah yeah have your uh, have your parents been supportive as you've gone through some of this? You mentioned what your mum said to you when you were a, a teenager. Imagine they've they've wanted to be on the phone to you and check you're okay and everything else. Oh, of course, yeah, and they're always they always know you as their son and and will always just um, encourage you and and you know to have that strong base. Obviously, ultimately Christ, but I do really appreciate my parents. They they've um, done me very well. Yeah, yeah. Often when I talk to people about handling criticism, they often say it, the hardest criticism comes from fellow Christians when it feels like it's friendly fire. Now, as I say, I think be- because Christians do take different views on some of the issues that, that you've been caught up in, 
I imagine there's probably been a bit of that as well. Has that been particularly hard where you felt like Christians or the church at large hasn't quite got it? At times, yeah. I think I've got a real strong circle of, of you know, uh, good friends and um, my wife supports me fully um, as well. And um, so I, I'm, I'm pleased to have that network. I think beyond that, um, I think, you know, if people don't know you, you know, like you, like you mentioned today, Sam, you almost have a view, don't you? Oh, I bet he's like this and I bet he's a bit. And, 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 and so, you know, you kind of um, don't take those things too seriously. But I always try and refine. Um, I always really try and refine what I'm doing. And I do want it to be honoring to the Lord. You know, I don't do it for a scene or for, you know, you know this, that and the other. I do want to ultimately glorify God and, yeah. and, and point to him. So. So I do try and wrestle with them, you know, work from whomever these things come from. And, and Yes. So I suppose, you're, you're, in, other, in other words, you're not looking to cause trouble. That's not the motive. No, not at all. No. Um, Nevertheless, though, do you, do you think there will be other cases involving you? I mean, we've mentioned three of them today. Do you, do you think, you know, whether, whether you want there to be or not, do you think if you carry on doing the sorts of work and evangelism you're involved in, do you, do you think something like this, some sort of trouble is going to come around the corner at some point in the future? Uh, it may well. I think, um, you know, um, preachers are arrested sometimes, aren't they? And, um, you know, um, who knows where we'll go in the next 20 years, but I'll try and be faithful to God and his word and, and, you know, I'm having a, a time now where I'm not on the streets as much just due to my, you know, personal, you know, just having got married, and, um, you know, um, but before long, I'll be out on the on the streets again. And, and, you know, you don't go out for the trouble, do you? You go out for the one who hears and receives the word and, and you know, everything else is, is kind of, yeah, part by and by, I suppose, you know. Well, Joshua, it's been really fascinating to chat and to hear some of your story. Thank you so much for sharing with us today on The Profile. Well, thanks for challenging me on some of those points. And, uh, you know, I appreciate um, how attentive you've been in my case. Uh, I hope that everyone enjoyed the, the podcast. I'm Sam Howes, and you have been listening to The Profile Podcast. Really hope you enjoyed that interview. There's loads more where that one came from. Over 200 interviews with different Christians from all walks of life available now on The Profile Podcast and new ones coming each and every week. If you have been enjoying these interviews, we would so appreciate it if you could take just five seconds to give us a rating and a review wherever you found this podcast. It helps other people to discover the show. So why not do that now? Give us a rating and a review and we'll see you next time.